Blessed assurance, our God is God. He is the living God. He's the one true God. He's the God of gods. Our Jesus Christ is Lord of lords and King of kings. We can believe in him and have confidence in him. We have blessed assurance in him, perfect submission in him, because we know that our lives wrapped in him means eternal glory, means time with him, means that we shall have our home in heaven along with him. And you know what? When we think about all of that, it's all about God. Amen. It's not about us. It's all about who he is and what he has done and who he is for eternity. For it's his plan that he made and he set into plan, set into motion when he created us, when he created the universe, when he created the trees and created mankind as well. And you know, tonight I just can't help but us to think that everything is about God. Amen. As we think about Colossians 3 verse 17 says, whatever you do in word and whatever you do in deed, do it all in the glory of God our Father in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I didn't fall. I saw some eyes go when I leaned over a little bit. Okay, so I'll stay back over here close to this, okay? Praise God that I didn't fall, okay, that moment. <laughs> but to think of that, every single thing we do in Colossians 3.17 is to His glory. And Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So any good work that we do, it's because God had planned it and God had prepared it. All glory be to God. God said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I shall have no other gods before you. Because it's all about the one true God. The one living God. And when God was talking about his servants. And as they serve him. And he says, and you hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And they says what? We have only done our duty. Because he is the God of gods and king of kings. And we must be about the master's business. It's all about God from beginning to end. And when we keep our focus on the Lord and we keep our focus on him each and every day, it will help us to remember it's not about me, but it's about him. We understand that the temptations of life, as First John says, is the pride of life is one of those. And the things that are here. And if I can make, my, make sure that my focus is not on me, but on the Lord, I am understanding that it's all about God and not about me. When I understand that Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, it's all about him. And when Jesus says, You should love me more than your mother and father, it's all about him from beginning to end. And it's not about us, but it's about who he is and what he has done for us. And when we go out to tell other people about the Lord, we tell them about his graciousness, about his goodness, about his justice, about his righteousness, about his mercy. All of these things because of who God is. And when we are grounded in that, we can help our heads from getting too big or too puffed up. As it says in Corinthians, love builds up, knowledge puffs up. We want to love like our Lord. We love because he first loved us. It's all about him and all about his amazing love. Tonight, I wanted us to look in Acts chapter 14 at the moment in the life of Paul and Barnabas as they go around and they are preaching the, God, the, good, news of God, the good news of Jesus. 
That Jesus had indeed died for our sins, had indeed been buried, but had indeed on the third day been raised from the dead. And as they're going along, telling this good news, and as they go on and telling people the good news of Jesus, this happens in Acts chapter 14, as we look in verse 8, beginning in verse 8. In Lystra, there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. Amen. Is it all about Paul? No. It's all about God. Remember when Peter was walking along earlier and the man was at the the gates? And he says, In the name of Jesus, get up. And walk. It's not about him. Salvation is found in only one name under earth. And that name is Jesus. But look at what happens at this moment. This man jumps up. He's healed and he walks. And you know this morning Sam Ray came to me after church. He said, Mark, you talked about walking. You didn't even talk about your foot or anything about that. About walking, you know. But I didn't even think about it till afterwards. But I want you to imagine at this moment, this man who had never walked jumps up. And he begins to walk. He didn't need any rehab. He didn't need any insurance, you know, to get it taken care of. He got it. He jumped up and he walked. Just like the man who was deaf and mute. The very first time that he was able to have his ears open and spoke, he spoke and he spoke well. Jesus was a good speech therapist for sure, no doubt about it. Thinking about it. And all of these things, we see what God has done. And we want to bring glory to the Father. Jesus said, look, in all the things that I've done, glorify the Father. Glorify the Father. Over and over again. And then at this moment here in the life of Paul and Barnabas, as he's preaching the word of God, and as he sees this man who has faith, and as he tells this man to stand up, what happens to those who are around and see the things that are happening? What Paul said, and they say this in verse 11. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lyconian language, the gods have come to come down to us in the form, in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. And so we see in this moment, in this very moment, what's happening. As you see the picture, the idea of them bringing sacrifices to Paul and Barnabas as they thought they were gods who came in human form. And as we see them, as they treated them like that. Have you ever seen anybody treat somebody like a god before? Like whatever they do and whatever they say, it's true and it doesn't matter if it is or isn't. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes crowds get that way. Sometimes people get that way. But you know what Paul wants to do? And I want us to look at these things to help us to have it. When the Lord does good things to remember it's all about him. And when we start to receive good things and it's good to want to want to be lights in this world to represent Christ. But in the end, we want people to praise God. Amen. So with our gifts and the talents that we have, Andre, the talents that you have. Praise God. Give praise to God, Mr. Chase. All of us who are in Christ Jesus, give praise to the Lord for what he has done, for who he is. 
and not allow ourselves to get into the thought that, oh, it's about me. Perhaps this morning as we were talking about the disciples, as Jesus and Peter, James and John were coming down from that moment on the Mount of Transfiguration, the disciples couldn't heal the boy who was there. And perhaps they had forgotten the two most necessary things. They had forgotten about God and was thinking about themselves. When they had come back, when Jesus had sent out the 12, remember when they had come back earlier, when they had come back, they said, Jesus, even the demons submit to us. And Jesus says, don't rejoice in that. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And Jesus said, these come out only by prayer and fasting. Which means what? Perhaps the disciples had forgotten the most important thing. God putting it into themselves. We understand from God's word that in other times, Herod, as he was talking one time and making peace with uh, Tyre, the king of Tyre and Sidon, as he spoke, the people looked at him and said, you speak with the voice of an angel. You speak with the voice of God. And it says, because Herod did not give praise to God, he died and the worms ate his body because he did not give praise to God. Brothers and sisters, God wants the honor because he is a holy God as we're studying on Wednesday nights as well. But as we look at this and as we see this and what's happening, what is the things that we can do to make sure to keep our hearts from thinking or being prideful? If anybody says something that you think, you know what, they're exalting me a little bit too much. The very first thing, handle it quickly as it says. When Paul and Barnabas heard that people were saying that they were gods, did they say, oh, well, hey, you know, if they think we're gods, we'll just talk about our God because they'll they'll really respect us now because they think uh, think we're gods. No, they ran to him. What did they do when they were running to him? They tore their clothes and rushed out and said, men, we are not gods. We are what? We are human. Just like you. Just like you. And not only does he say human, but he says what? Friends. Friends. (coughs) Why are you doing this? One of the greatest things that we can remember. As people who are in Christ. That we have been saved from our sins. Not because of anything of who we are. But because of what Jesus did on the cross. Amen. And because of what Jesus did on the cross and because of our belief in that and because of our obedience to it, we have life eternal in Christ Jesus. And those who do not have life in Christ Jesus are human just like us. But they need to know the gospel. They need to know that our lives are all about God and not about ourselves. It requires self-sacrifice. It requires that Romans Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says, live your life as a living sacrifice to God, where it's all about him and not about ourselves. It's all about what he is doing in our lives. Handle it quickly, as Paul, Paul says. And he also says, we are human. Remember, as Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, some have sinned, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us. And we are all in need of a Savior. And so when we see those who in the world who have not yet given their lives to the Lord, let's love them and tell them about the great God that we have. If they notice anything different about us in a good way, 
Let's give praise to God. First, first Peter says that we are foreigners and strangers in this world and that we should live such good lives among the world, among the pagans, that they may see our good deeds and glorify our God who is in heaven. So, Lord God, anything that I do, may it be that they may see in me you and glorify you, God. It's all about you. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's about God. And so Paul tells some things here, very important, very important. I want us to understand these things that help us to remember, what can we tell someone about this God? What was his purpose? What was Paul's purpose there? Was it to receive praise from the men and the women who were there? No, it was to praise God. And look what he says as we read this. I'll read this first and then come back with some points. He says in verse 15, friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human. Like we are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go their own way. Yet he has not left them without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they had difficulty Keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. Brothers, what does Paul say about the God that we serve? And what does he give us as what we can let others know about this God that we serve? The very first thing that we need to know is that we are friends bringing good news. Bringing the good news of the gospel. Amen. The bad news is sin separates us from God. The good news is Jesus died on the cross and gave his life for us. And took away and took our sins upon that cross. As John said earlier, not his sins, but our sins, the weight of the sins of the world. And so what is the very first thing that he says with this good news? When we understand what this good news is, the very first thing he tells them is turn from these worthless idols. Can you imagine? They're saying he's Zeus. They're saying they're Hermes. How many movies do you see with Zeus, Hermes, all the other gods or so-called gods there are nowadays? And God says, and Paul says, they're all worthless idols. God says, as he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And don't worship any idols. Any created thing. For God is the God who is the creator of all things. Turn from worthless idols. Whatever it be, whatever we make an idol in our life, even if it's our family, we must turn from that to look to God. But the worthless idols that he's looking at is the religions that were there at that time. And in Acts chapter 17, when they had all those religions there, and they seize all those people there, and he says, I want to tell you about the unknown God. All of these other gods are nothing. Compared to the one true God. And he calls men and women from everywhere to repent and look to him. Turn from these worthless idols. The things that they have created with their hands. Psalm says, are they not only wooden carvings craved with with your own hands? Turn from these worthless idols. Turn from these things, man-made religions. And look to God, the one true God. And as he says that, turn from worthless idols, he says, turn to the living God. Amen. You know, when we think of the living God, I think of what 
God said when he was in Genesis. When Moses was there and he said, Moses, I'm going to send you to the people. And you're going to release them from slavery. And Moses says, Lord God, when I go there, what's your name? What shall I say? And God said, I am that I am. I am. Remember Jesus. When he, when he was talking to the Pharisees and they were saying, we are Abraham's descendants. And Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. God. Turn to the living God. Turn to his living word. The word of God is living and active. But we have a living God. I am. The very word means what? He exists. Okay, I'm not good at very good grammar sometimes, but I did understand that. You know, for the longest time, I couldn't understand I am and to be. Like, I thought, why not just I be, you be, I am, you are, okay? But now I understand, okay? But I want us to think about it. I am, to be, to exist. That is the one true living God. God said, I want to reveal myself to you. And I want you to know that all these other gods are worthless because I am the God that is. I am the great I am. And he says, I am the great great I am because I am the God who is the creator. As we see in Genesis chapter 1, we see God creating. Let us make man in our image. Colossians chapter 1, when it's talking about our great God and talking about him saying that Jesus is the creator of all things. On the earth and above the earth. Of things seen and things not un- things unseen. Our God is a great An awesome God. He has created all things. Did you not think that Jonah thought that? When Jonah was in the boat and those sailors were along with him, they were offering sacrifices to gods. And you know what? Nothing was subsiding the storm that was happening. And Jonah says, and they say, they cast the lots and the lot fell to Jonah. And they said, what did you do? Or who are you? And Jonah had already talked to him a little bit. And he says, I have tried to run away from my God, but my God is the God of the sea, the God of the land, the God of everything. Throw me over and it'll be calm. They were scared at first. They understand who this God was. And they said, Lord God, forgive us for doing it. God, we're going to do what he said. They threw him over. And when they threw him over, they sacrificed to the one true God. Jonah understood who was the true God. Job understood that the planets were hung where they are hung at. You know, it's great that the more you go into science and archaeology and all these things, you just show more proof for the Lord. And praise God, there are people who are trying to look at it. And trying to discount the Bible. Because the more they do, the more we can start to find that the Bible is true. And that God is the creator of all things. When we think we found the smallest particle on earth. There's something even smaller. Something we can't even see. Design demands a creator. God is creator. And so he is God. God is not only creator, but he says God is kind. Ephesians says God has shown his kindness to us in giving his son Jesus to us. God has shown his kindness. One of the commands that we call, we're called to be is to be kind to one another. 
to be with one another. I know just a few weeks ago, when I was at the hospital visiting Brother Frank, right before I was getting ready to leave, he said two things. He said, Mark, there's two things the church needs. To be gentle and to be kind. And we have a kind God, amen. He gave his son Jesus. It's all about God. It's not about us. A kind God. But not only a kind God, but he is a provider for all. Look what he says when he says, He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. God is, Paul is pointing them to the one true God. Not only is he provider, not only is he, is he kind, but God who is the provider of all things. Anything that we have is because the Lord has allowed us to have it. If, he, if you have food to eat, praise the Lord. Praise God. We think, oh, that's because of our works. Well, we have to work, God says, right? Paul says it too. But anything that we have, and if we have been provided, and if we have been blessed in any way, it's because of who God is. Because he is the provider of all things. And it also says it is God who fills your hearts with joy. Paul is saying, I'm not looking for joy for me. I, what fills my heart is not the things that I have, but it's the God who fills my heart with all joy. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, okay? I won't see my daughter's looking at me saying, please stop, Dad. Okay? I even had it on here, down in my heart to stay, okay? But God who fills us with all joy. Brothers and sisters, when we look at these things here, when we think about, well... I don't know what to say to somebody who is not in Christ. Or what can I say to somebody who doesn't know the Lord yet? Just tell them who God is for you. Amen. Paul is saying these things because he understands this is what God is for him. God is good news. God is worth more than idols. God is the true living God. God is creator. God is kind. God is provider. God fills our hearts with joy. The same kind of joy that says in Hebrews, who for the joy, talking about Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Man, it's hard. We go through hard times here. We suffer with temptation. We suffer with problems. We suffer with all of these things. How can God fill our hearts with joy? For the glory set before him. For the joy set before him of knowing where he was going. Jesus said in John 17, Lord, I'm ready to be back with you with the glory I had with you before the beginning of time. What joy he was looking forward to. What joy he had in his heart. That even though it was going to be hard. And it was not going to be easy. A deep desire inside and joy to know I'm going to be with the Lord. And you know what? The older I get, the more I understand What a joyful day it is when we will be with the Lord. Amen. When we be with the Lord. So what do I want us to help us and remember from this? Remember that people can change. Crowds can change. This crowd that was here in Lyconia at this moment, they saw what Paul had done. 
They praised Paul and Barnabas saying that they were Zeus and Hermes here at this very moment. Talking about these great gods. If you remember, Paul had already suffered three hours of people yet great as Artemis of the Ephesians. Okay, earlier talking about this as well. But at this very moment, verse 18, even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. Remember, if you seek glory here, you may get it. But you may get the other side of it also. And it's unglorious. I think that's have some movies called like Inglorious, Unglorious, whatever. And it's not glorious. Imagine. All of these people. If Paul and Barnabas had said, okay, yeah, we are like that. Perhaps they would have been like Herod, dropped dead. But no, they quickly took care of it. And said, no, it's not about us, it's about our God. And they knew that crowds could change. You know what? Look what it says. They were all still difficulty to not want to sacrifice to them. Even with Paul saying all these things about the God that he serves. You would think these people are convicted, right? That Paul and them are this. Well, let me ask you a question. Were the people convicted one week before Jesus died on the cross that he was Hosanna, King of Kings, glory in the highest? Yes. And the same people who are saying Hosanna in the highest... In, le- in one week, less than a week later, saying, crucify him. Give us Barabbas. People and crowds can change. But our God is unchangeable. Amen. Our God is constant. And we can think about other times and places in the Bible where this happens. But imagine at this moment, don't be rushed into thinking that when the crowd rushes to you, they're going to always love you. Because they can change on you really quick. Look what happens here. Verse 18, they still hard time sacrificing to him. Verse 19, then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him out the city thinking he was dead. Wait a minute. This man they were sacrificing wanted to Paul. They couldn't stop him even talking about their God. Then some men come in, convince him a little bit. And now they have stoned Paul and left him for dead. If Paul was thinking about himself, he may have just said, you know what? You know, Zeus is is pretty good. Hermes is pretty good. But he wasn't thinking about himself. And he would rather be stoned talking about his God than taking glory for a God that is no God at all. And so Paul is left, as it says there, looking dead. And in the end, what happens? But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. Paul, you were left for dead. You were stoned for dead. Yet you got up and you still went back into the city before you went to Derby. How could you do that? Because I have friends there who need to know about my God. I'm going to talk a little bit more. And then I'm heading to Derby this evening, or this morning. Can you imagine, Paul, at that moment? The one thing that I want us to remember, brothers, it's all about God. And what can we help us to remember that it's all about God? I talked about it a little bit this morning when we walk with, when we need somebody to walk alongside of us. But we also need, as it is here, Jansen, for the last one, to gather strength from one another. 
when the disciples saw Paul left for dead, they had gathered around him. And can you imagine? I believe when they were gathered around him, they were looking at somebody who wasn't moving. But yet there in that moment, perhaps with prayer, and Paul with just a little bit of strength left, perhaps moved a little finger, moved a little something, and he got his strength back, and he got up and went into the city. The only reason he would go back into that city, because he understood it wasn't about him, but about his God. Amen. Brothers and sisters, this evening, don't forget it's all about God. It's all about what he has done for us and what he continues to do for us. It's all about the promises of God. As we sang earlier, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Amen. And so, as we're about to sing, lead me to Calvary. If you've not been led to Calvary yet, if you've not seen and understood who Jesus is, we want to let you know who he is and that he has indeed given his life so that you may live. We want you to know the God and Father of love who understood that, yes, we are sinful, but yet said, I will send my son for you. Romans 5, while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ came for each and every one of us. He left glory to grow here, to be here, to glorify the Father. And through the Father glorifying him, we can now be in his glory. What an awesome thought that we can be with our God and Savior forever. Every day as we wake up, Lord God, lead me to Calvary. Help me to remember the cross. Help me to remember what Jesus has done. And remember that only, not only did he die and he was buried, but certainly he raised again on the third day. And so, Lord, as I go and take up my cross and follow you, may I take up my cross and follow you, Lord. Lead me to Calvary. Lead me to you each and every day. And may we say at the end of our lives, as God says to us, well done, good and faithful servant, we will say we have only done our duty because it's all about our God. Let's stand and sing. If you have any need this evening or you want to come to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, come as we stand and sing this evening. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas. 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.